0: read a phenomenal book on prayer uh, that has forever changed my prayer life. And um, when we began this prayer initiative, um, you know, as a leader, I, I'm, I'm beginning to learn my different responsibilities, the things I can control, the things I can't control. Um, and, and one of the things I've learned is um, it's my job to, to provide you guys with resources, to guide you, to lead you um, in ways that can help you in your personal walk with Jesus. And um I can't force you to read this book and I'm not saying you necessarily have to but um this summer I'm going to be reading this book entitled a praying life and in order to make it as easy as possible for you to go through this with me to read through it we're not going to do a plan we're just going to read through this together um all of our staff and leadership are going to read through it together as well um I bought a bunch of copies and they're in the welcome center in the front and um as a church we paid $10 for them and so if you would like one um it's only $10 Uh, If money is an issue, then let us know. We'll get it to you for free. Uh, We just want this to be something that you value. And we've learned that when we give stuff away for free sometimes, um, people just kind of take it and don't do anything with it. And so um, we as a church have paid for this. They're back here. Um, That can be $10. um, But let us know if money is an issue. But um, even the first chapter in this book alone, um, I actually reread it a couple weeks ago. The first chapter alone almost brought me to tears because of how honest it is about the struggles of prayer. And, and you try to pray and things get in your way. And so I just wanna provide this resource to you as your pastor to, to learn to grow in this as we grow as a church in prayer this uh, summer. And now I wanna ask a question. And it's a question that I mentioned a little bit earlier. Why do we sing songs every single Sunday? And I find it odd that we don't talk about this probably enough. I mean, when you think about it, this is the main gathering of our church every single week, okay? In any church, the biggest gathering is the one, obviously, where the most people come to. And obviously, whatever you do during that time is probably pretty important and meaningful. And so we have a sermon, we preach God's word, we we read scriptures because it's important, but literally almost a third of every time we gather, we're singing songs together. And we'll say things like, well, we sing songs to worship God. That's what we'll say, to worship God. we never go much farther past that statement. And I wonder if it really ever sinks in as to exactly why we are praying. And this morning, I wanna do two things for you. I wanna read Psalm 149, the first four verses, and Psalm 150 uh, with you. It'll be up here on the screen. Turn there with me if you have a Bible at this moment. But I wanna do two things this morning. Number one, I wanna explain why we sing. I wanna really think about why we come together and sing songs. And number two, I want to invite you to sing along with us. So why do we sing songs? Is it just like a, a random thing we do? Is it tradition? Is it what other churches do? So we have decided to to mimic that. Why are we coming together every single Sunday and having arranged somebody to stand up here to lead a song that the rest of us could sing along together? Why do we Do this. And and one of the thoughts I want to throw your way this morning is we sing to God with the breath that He has given us. We sing to God with the breath that He has given us. We praise Him with music because music is a gift from God to us that we get to enjoy. When we sung those songs this morning, it just felt so spiritual. It felt so holy. It felt just so set apart from the normal life that we live. There was something transcendent when we sang those words together as one church. And it's not just an action, but the Holy Spirit is literally dwelling among us as we sing these songs together. There is something powerful that happens when the church gathers to sing songs to Jesus and so I want you to turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Psalm 149. Uh, I, just, I could have picked a million different things to read this week, but I, I chose uh, Psalm 149, one through four, and then we're going to skip to Psalm 150. Uh, if you'll stand with me this morning, we will read God's word together. And if you guys can turn me down a little bit more, I still think I'm a little bit loud. So it's Psalm 149, verses one through four, and then we're going to skip to 150. Let's meditate on these words together as a church. It says, praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Amen, you may be seated at this time. So when I chose to do this song this week, um, my best critic, my wife, asked me, why are we doing this song, okay? She, she asked me that. She was like, I'm very interested as to where you're gonna be going with this because this doesn't seem like the normal kind of maybe... Um, beautiful psalm that you'll find in the Bible with all these wonderful words about how the Lord is, he's unsearchable, and as the deer panteth for the water, and we, we hear words like that, and then we're like, praise God with the trumpet, praise God with the, it seems kind of repetitive as we, as we read this psalm, and, and we wonder, does this have any meaning in my life? Like, like, there's no new information here for me to gather, why am I even reading this psalm? But what Psalm 150 shows us is that praising God often requires music and often requires our participation together. And I'm going to be honest with you, this summer, the Psalms will challenge you. The Psalms will challenge you because it's not like Romans and it's not like the Gospels and it's not like uh, Ephesians and Galatians. It's not like Genesis. The Psalms is not really any new information for you to consume or to devour. It's simply that you would take the information that you have and be devoted to God in a way that transcends understanding and knowledge and it comes out in our being, in our life, in our prayers, in our songs, in our emotions. The Psalms is a challenge to come out of your seat and see the glory that Genesis tells us about. The Psalms is an invitation to be devoted to God in a powerful way. It's not to memorize a bunch of scripture, but it's to literally worship God with the trumpet and the lyre and dancing and melodies and everything and prayer. It's an invitation To know God personally. And sometimes I feel like we we know a lot about God, but we don't know God. There are probably people, you're sitting here, you've been in church your entire life, you know everything you're supposed to believe, but there's this element missing and it's called prayer. If God is really all powerful, if he's really all good, if he's really available to us, then why don't we pray? The Psalms are about stepping out in faith and depending on God and connecting with God in a way that I promise you will change your life forever. Outside of the simple gospel message found in scripture, there is no book in the Bible that has changed my life probably more than the psalms because I knew all the answers I knew everything I knew what I believed I knew about the atonement I knew God created the world I knew it was awesome but there was this thing missing in my walk with the Lord and I could read Romans and there's great theology and I could read the gospels and the story of Jesus I could read Genesis and it talked about the creation of the world and then I read the psalms and I was like well what do I do with this? but the psalms are different they're an example for us to follow And music is a major theme in the Psalms. And music is an invitation to step out of what you know and step into an experience with God that will change your life forever. And because of this, we come together every single Sunday morning and we sing songs together. So why do we sing? First reason is this, we sing because the Bible sings. We sing because the Bible sings. We're called to praise God. And the Bible is God's word from God to us. I have never applied a biblical principle to my life and regretted it later, I promise you. It's hard in the moment. It's hard to do things God's way. It's hard to surrender your morality. It's hard to surrender wanting to make yourself well-known and famous. But when you begin to add the scripture to your life and you begin to care more about God and others than yourself, everything in your life changes And so we have this Bible that that we we can trust and we can rely on. And there's a lot of media and all the media is slanted in one direction or the other. And every person that you know, they're slanted in one direction or the other. And we come to God's word, we just rest, relax, and we trust it. And you cannot deny that in the Bible, music is a key element in the life of a believer. You can't deny that when scripture says the people of God come together, you can't deny they don't sing. I remember when I was in my, like, everyone goes to, like, a rebellious, like, Christianity phase where you start growing in your walk, and you're like, I hate institution, I hate organization, and why do you question everything, which is actually a good thing to go through, but you question everything you do. I remember when I was in college, I was studying the Bible, and I was like, why do we sing? Do we just do it out of repetition, and, you know, we just do it out of tradition, and I was questioning why the church even sang, and if it was biblical, and I began to go to the scriptures, and I'll never forget a professor once when I was sharing some of these thoughts, he told me to like to get over, he didn't say this, but they said get over yourself and realize the Bible tells us to sing. And I said, well, I'm not big on singing. It's not my thing. What about someone like myself? He said, it's not about you. It's about the church together. And singing is something the church can do together. I guess we could all paint pictures together. That'd be an art of worship. It'd be kind of Interesting. I guess we could like exercise in the name of God together physically, and maybe that would be praising God. But singing seems pretty practical. Someone can get up here, and we as a church, we're the choir, we're the congregation, and we sing, some of us better than others. But we sing, and we, we enjoy doing it. It says, praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song. We sing simply because we see it in scripture. And you find more about singing in the Psalms than any other book in the Bible. Because the Psalms are about devotion. The Psalms are about connecting with God in the tough times of life. The Psalms are about prayer when you're happy and saying praise the lord and when you're depressed saying god i feel like you've left me or you maybe aren't even there the psalms are also the most honest book in the bible have you read some of these psalms in here some of them concern you like he's like god kill my enemies have you got to that part yet like and he even he's like god like slit the throat of my enemy i mean it's some graphic stuff and you're like is this god's word but it's different. The Psalms are not the Sermon on the Mount. That's great, that's Christ. That's Jesus showing the kingdom and what's to come. The Psalms is just honesty and saying, God, I don't like this person. God, where are you? My marriage is falling apart. I'm depressed, I hate my job. God, where are you? And in our struggles and in our tears, we begin to depend on God and cry out to God and God changes us. And one of the greatest examples of this devotion is music, is is singing. And I'm gonna focus this morning more so on singing than on musical instruments because singing is something we can all do. Um, If you have breath in your lungs, you can sing. Some of you can play an instrument, some of you can't. But every single Sunday morning when we gather and we're singing songs together, whether we like the song or not, We can sing with the body of Christ. Second thing is this. We sing to be a part of something. Let me explain that. Sounds kind of ambiguous, but let me explain it. In Ephesians 5.19, Paul says, to address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart address one another. In other words, he says, sing together as a church. When you get together in the chapel, in your homes, wherever you're at, at a concert, sing together. Address one another in songs. Lift your voices as one to sing the same song to God. Sing as a congregation. In Psalm 149, he says, praise him in the assembly of the godly. And because the scripture says this, we know that if we imitate this, we can never be in the wrong unless our hearts are wrong. And so when we sing, we don't just do it because it's like our favorite thing in the world. When I was growing up, I wasn't the most musical person. I picked it up later in high school, but I wasn't a. would have even said I was an above average music fan. I wasn't inclined in that way. I didn't feel like. But when we sing together, we do it to be a part of something. Speaking of being a part of something, I had the chance to uh, be a part of something this weekend that, to be quite honest, relates very well because it was something that I was not inclined to, didn't really think I would enjoy, but I did so I would have an experience with somebody. Um, My wife decided that it would be a good idea for us to, um, instead of buying a headboard for our bed, to build our own, okay? My wife is all on Pinterest and all into that right now. Uh, Maybe you've heard of Pinterest. Pinterest. And so um, she decided that we were gonna make this headboard together and I was the big naysay. I was like, I don't like doing that because if you know me, I'm about the furthest thing from a handyman as possible. Uh, I've told you the story about how I, I once messed up an Ikea assembly. I couldn't even assemble it right when I bought it from Ikea. I'm not a handyman at all. And I don't even own tools. I had to ask Noel Villarreal for a, I don't know what it's called, like the screwdriver that's electric that, the what? The drill, the drill. yeah, I didn't know what it is, yeah. I had to ask him for a drill, cause I, I didn't even have a drill. And so we're gonna do this thing and, and, and she's got this image in her head and I was discouraged cause like, you know, we're not any good at this. We can't do it, it's horrible. And every step along the way, I was looking for an excuse to get out, right? When people are looking for excuses, it's honestly a heart issue usually. And so I was like, uh, well, we started going to Home Depot and we're buying the wood, I'm like, this is too complicated, we're gonna mess it up, we're gonna get the wrong sizes and we had to get that guy to cut it for us. And then we started staining the wood and I was like, we can't do it, it's gonna dry the wrong way. I was making every excuse in the book and then I was like, if we don't put it together exactly perfect, it's not going to work. It's gonna be like lopsided and that's not gonna be good. That's not gonna be encouraging. And eventually I got to the point where I said, you know what, I'm not good at this, I can't do it. I will do whatever you want. I'll buy you the stuff, but you just build it yourself, baby. That's your passion. That's what you're into. That's your thing. She said, no. She said that was not acceptable (laughs) because in her words, and maybe you can relate with this, um, it's about the experience of doing something together and creating something together. She wanted to have that experience with me. She wanted us to make a memory. She wanted us to be a part of something together that was outside of ourselves, and so we made it, and it looks awesome. You can't see it. Isn't that cool looking? Isn't that cool? Our room's not normally that clean, but we cleaned it up for the shot, so. And you'll be excited. I didn't post it on Facebook because I want to share it with you guys first, so congratulations, I love you guys. So I wanted you guys to have the first sneak peek on that one, so. But the thing about it was I was so focused on my preferences. I was so focused on my talents and and what I was good at. And if you're not careful, you will be a slave to your talents and you'll be a slave to your preferences and you will create this box in your life and you'll never walk out of it and you'll never experience anything else that's new or good because you just think you don't like it or you're just not into it or that's not your thing. And I would not have this wonderful headboard if it was not for the fact that my wife convinced me not to do something that I loved, but to be a part of something with her, to be a part of an experience. And some of you are like this when it comes to music. You're like, that's not my thing. I'm not a good singer. That's not my talent. I don't like that song. That's not the way I'm, I'm used to it, or that song's too old. And we've got all these excuses. And the reality is, yes, there's preferences. And yes, we've all got our thoughts. And I could tell you every song we sang this morning, and I could rank how much I liked each song, and the ones I didn't like, the ones I did like, and I could tell you that. But I was singing a song with you all. I was singing with you because God enjoys it when I sing songs with you. And when we die to our preferences, when we die to what we think we're good at or not good at, we will encounter this faith journey of all these new things that are wonderful and we will encounter God in fresh new ways. And I wanna challenge you to adopt the discipline of congregational singing. I want you to view this time as 20 minutes that you take out of your week to sing songs together with the church. And, and I don't wanna be a legalist. If, if you don't, if, if for whatever reason you just, the Lord does not want you to sing, I would never tell you to continue singing. If you just wanna sit there, connect with God, pray, that, that's fine, but this is something that we do to be a part of something. One of our senior adults uh, in the church told me when I first became the pastor here, Gave me very good, wise words, and uh, basically he said, you're never going to please everybody, ever, ever. just can't do it. And and there's, we have to be reasonable. We try to be as diverse as we can here, I, I believe. I think we do a good job of it at White Oak. I mean, even this building, it's, it's cool because it's obviously more reverent. It's obviously the way it's kind of always been, but it's just different now and it's cool. I mean, it's, it's this, this, this kind of beautiful blend that we're trying to go for here of saying, we love history, but we love what God's doing today. And with music, we do the same thing. We sang a song in beat out My Vision that was written in the eighth century this morning. It was, re- I mean, how many, that's like what? How many hundreds of years ago? Like, a thousand, it's over a thousand years old. And we're still singing it to this day. And we're not just connected with each other, we're connected with every person that's ever sang that song. And you see singing in in the epistles, you see it in Revelation, you see it in the Psalms, you see it in Israel when they're they're trying to escape. I mean, you just see all of these examples of singing together. And when we sing together, we get to be a part of that. We get to experience that and we get to to sing songs that honor God and connect us to a tradition far beyond ourselves and far beyond our preferences. We adopt the discipline of congregational singing. And we also sing to redeem music in a broken world. This one's important. There is a sense in every single one of you and there's a morality, there's this right and wrong kind of um, indicator in your head. There is this longing inside of you to be a part of a perfect existence. Every government for the most part in the history of man has attempted to do what they thought was possible to make the world a perfect place. And the reason why we long for this is because that's how it used to be, right? You ever had a great experience and then like wandered away and you wanna go back? Okay, humanity was originally created by God and everything was perfect and everything was good. And when sin entered the world, when Adam and Eve walked away from God, sin entered in and it made everything a coin flip. Because when sin entered the world, all of a sudden now everything is potentially corruptible besides the name of Jesus. And so like marriage now, you can have sin in your marriage. Adult relations, wonderful thing. Now sin comes into the picture and it corrupts it and it tells you to do things a different way and not God's way relationships began to have problems. Everything was corrupted by sin. Work was made harder by sin. Work wasn't supposed to drain the life out of you like it does, but sin entered the world and that's what it does now. And music was originally a medium created by God for his glory. But we live in a world where music is so often hijacked for horrible purposes. Music is a way that Satan hides lies and evil and gets them into our minds. I'm about to go Baptist preacher on you, but hang with me for a second. But it's easy to spot like really crazy stuff, right? Like it's easy when someone is singing, you know, satanic music to to notice it. I don't need to explain that to you. What's harder is when he tacks music in the church. You know, we're trying to sing and he whispers in our ear, that song is so old. It's not being done well. You shouldn't enjoy this. That music is just too loud. It's too loud. And it is sometimes, but it's the way it goes. Or or that music, it's just different than what you're used to. You don't want to be a part of that. Because there's power when we sing together. And any good thing in the world, it's gonna try and be corrupted. And very rarely will a negative attitude be from God. It's often from the enemy. Some of us play the righteous anger card way too often, okay? Okay play that card way too often. We sing because God likes it. There's a song that a lot of you are probably familiar with, talking about redeeming music, and uh, it's called The Highway to Hell, or Highway to Hell. It's an ACDC song. And the funny thing about that song, and most of you probably know it, it's a famous song in our culture. Uh, Probably if they had sung that song in like a really heavy metal evil sounding tone a lot of people wouldn't have liked it right but it just gets set to like a really upbeat happy kind of nostalgic tone and everyone millions of people across the world are singing i'm on the highway to hell makes you cringe when you hear it right And I don't think we realize the power in music and how much it impacts us and how much it it curbs the way that we talk and think and and all the things that it does to us. And I'm not saying all secular music is bad. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying there's certain songs that you don't realize are really negatively impacting you. I believe oftentimes when lyrics are just too blatantly messed up and crazy to be said, they just get put in a song. It gets on your lips that way. By being put in a song, you're, you're singing it and it's catchy. But you don't realize the power in, these mu- in, in music. And, and many people will say that song Highway to Hell was written by, name, by a man named Bon Scott who was the original singer in ACDC. Don't tell me how I know this, I used to be a fan. Um, and, and the song is actually written, supposedly they say, about a certain highway that the singer would ride to go from his house to the local pub that he would always go to to party and get drunk and do crazy stuff. And it was written about this highway because it was kind of dangerous and it was kind of what they referred to as the highway to hell. And in a moment of irony, six months later, he's found dead in his car and they said the reason why he died was alcohol poisoning. That song described the end of his life. Six months after he released it, he didn't even get to be a part of the fame of the song. We recognize that music is powerful. You ever heard a song that just like absolutely moved you? You ever, you ever had that experience where you're 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 in the middle of like a time of worship and it's just the most awesome thing ever? I don't forget the first time I was at this like conference and. I'm like in the room with like you know, thousands of people in the stadium and we're singing songs to God and I, I just, I teared up and it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever heard. It, it just felt so right. And I love how we sing songs as a church because we take something that's so powerful and we use it to build us up, to encourage us. And, and I don't think music necessarily possesses us, but I think music sets the mood in our life, you know? Like, when I mow the yard, I don't flip on, like, boys to men, right? Like, I, when I'm mowing the yard and I'm trying to do chores, I flip on some kind of upbeat music, right? Because I'm doing something. You know, when you exercise, you don't exercise to, like, you know, super mellow acoustic music. Maybe you do. But you listen to kind of upbeat stuff, Right? When you go to a restaurant and it's a, it's a romantic place, you know, they're not bopping one direction, you know, because that would be distracting in pretty much any setting, but it, it would be really distracting in that setting specifically. It's just powerful. And we realize that. We acknowledge it and we redeem it for God's Glory. There's a story in the Bible of a man named King Saul. And Saul was a man that God had picked to be the king of Israel. I mean, he was the guy who was going to make everything right. Started off well. Things ended well, like presidencies today. It's very similar. Starts off good, hope and change. And then by the end, everybody hates you. And the next president will be the same cycle all over again. And there comes this point in his life where he's so depressed, he's so down, he's so plagued by an evil spirit that he calls for his servants to go find someone to play music for him that it might heal him or that God might heal him in that music. You ever had music heal you? It happens, right? Like like it's powerful. And so they go find this guy named King David who writes a lot of these Psalms that we're reading this summer. And David comes in and it says that David played so well and was so pleasing to Saul that the harmful spirit departed from him. It says, Saul was refreshed and was well and the harmful spirit departed from him. When we have a tough week and we gather together and we say, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. We should view that as we sing it together as a healing thing for us. As a time to recenter ourselves on God and his purpose for our life. We don't just sing out of tradition. We lift our voices together and we will do it most likely for every Sunday until Christ comes back. Because scripture tells us to. Because we get to be a part of something. And because we are called to be people people who redeem things for God's glory in this world. And if I uh, may make one more final appeal to capture your heart for music and for praising Christ's name in it, I saw this video that I'd like to share with you here in a second. Um, It's a really famous video online. And it's basically this guy who photographed the sky for seven days on the highest mountain in the country of Spain. And supposedly this place is maybe the best place in all of the world to film the sky. And so this guy named TSO Photography, or that's his company, he climbs up this mountain, takes him almost a week supposedly to climb up the mountain. And in the seven days that he's up there filming the sky, cause it's wonderful footage, he only sleeps for about 10 hours the entire week. And the headline of the article that was all over the internet this week says, A man filmed heaven for seven days, and what he saw fills us with joy. And, and this video that we're going to watch, I want you to, to see the beautiful images, and it's going to be as good quality as we can get here on the, on the screen. But I want you to watch these images. And I want you to hear the music that is being played with it. And all I ask is that you allow yourself to have your affections stirred for God and for how great he is. And as we read the Psalms this summer, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be devoted to God in all of our senses in every way. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his Maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their King. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people, he adorns the humble with salvation. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And praise the Lord. God is so wonderful. And he's so great. And it's because of that that we sing. Pray with me. Jesus, we... We come before you this morning, Lord, so thankful to be sitting in this beautiful place, God, talking and thinking and hearing about you. And I pray, God, that as we sing this one last song, Lord, that it would honor you. And I pray that as we sing this song that has been sung by millions throughout history, Father, that would incline our hearts to be devoted to you, that when we walk out this place today, God, we'd want to honor you in everything that we do. Lord, a lot of us aren't good at singing. A lot of us don't even like singing, Father. But I pray that we do it to show our devotion to you. And I pray that when we sing songs as the church, that we do it from the heart, Father. And we pray that as we do it, you fill us with your power and your presence, God, that we get the goosebumps on the back of our neck because it's just so powerful. I pray as we we pray together as a church this summer, God, and as we go through the Psalms, I pray we'd sing louder, Father. I pray we'd sing louder as if the louder we sing, the more it honors you. So we lift our voices to you. And we love you. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that we sing. Amen. Would you all stand with us? We're gonna sing one more song together as a church. And let's sing loud. If you need prayer, you need to know about Jesus, myself and Justin will be here at the front to receive you. Let's sing together.